this right here. All right, so we're now recording. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is Kyle, um, Solar Growth Podcast. I don't even know what episode. I think it's 28 or something. Um, I'm joined again by Donnie Kinzer. Donnie was on uh, one of our earlier podcasts a few months back, um, and it was awesome. He was one of our most requested guests to come back. So, Donnie, thank you so much for, for joining us again. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. Um, but first off, what, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I've been up to quite a bit. I don't know how much I'm allowed to disclose, but uh, making some big changes and kind of just taking a step back for myself personally and, and just focusing on me and my family and just kind of repairing relationships that are near and dear to me. So it's kind of what I've been up to. That's that's good, man. Uh, less time traveling on the road. Yeah, a lot less time. I'm going to be focusing a lot more on Colorado. And then uh, the girlfriend and I are planning on either moving to Florida or Texas. So we're, we're trying to decide which one makes more sense. I'm personally going the Florida route. She wants to go the Texas route. And so you see the division. We're still in the fight, though. I'm fighting the good fight. Hey, man, both those are great states, uh, especially with everything going on right now. Florida. I just want to war- I just want to move to a warmer state, man. And, yeah, no, uh, I, I, feel, I feel the same way because I, I, I'm in uh, Utah and I, I love Utah, but I don't like uh, winters. Um, That's how I feel. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like cold right now. It's probably 70 degrees in my office. I'm just always yeah. Like, freezing but um florida, you know, is, is, florida surprised me man like everyone has always known texas is like you know yeah freedom we love like everybody texas is texas but florida is like you know they're trying to be uh more texas than texas it seems they're they're opening up fast their governors says all kinds of cool stuff and uh it's uh, it's quite it's quite funny but very cool so you guys are for sure making a movie think uh probably yeah i i, I think if we were going to lean one way or the other um, we would probably have like two locations that we would live in. You know, we'd have a place in Colorado with my dad and her family and such. And then we would be out in the hopefully Florida area during the winter time because I don't like the cold, man. Ah, but hey, two two places is great. Yeah, we I've uh, I've been thinking the same thing. You know, we looked at uh, Texas, but a lot of it's you know moving's a big thing especially for like I, I don't think it's that big of a thing like not as big as most people but there's, because there's people i know because i'm originally from california that live there and th- like the idea of moving like they're like i want to move but it's it's so much like they just they can't like it's it's a huge hurdle for them to jump because they they've kind of convinced themselves that they're going to be in that spot for the rest of their lives or whatever but it is a big ordeal and then as we get older and as, as we grow families it becomes bigger and bigger so i was just about to ask you that i was going to say what, what what age are they that they don't want to move from california i see i have no idea because we, we moved before he was born so um, oh gotcha well he, he was born and uh my wife was like you know i don't want to work anymore i'm like that's awesome but we can't live in california then because our studio costs like two grand a month um wow. and uh which i mean it wasn't it wasn't that bad but it was just it wasn't like living in an apartment with a baby and two dogs and me and my wife it just wasn't kind of like the lifestyle that we wanted and so right. rather than living you know in a place with great weather we're like hey let's move somewhere where we can buy a house and we can, you know, do the whole American dream, raise a family, all that kind of stuff. And we, we love Utah. The only things I miss are the weather and the food. The food's better in California for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado has some fantastic food. Yeah, it does. I, I, I lived in Colorado very briefly for like six months, Denver back, okay. back in um, 2014. And we, we loved it there, man. It was such a cool area. It's like a big city, but it's not, quite as like crowded and it's kind of more modern it's not as like dirty as other cities um but yeah uh, it's, it's a real cool place but it does have winters and winters uh are you know they they, they get a little cold and, they get pretty uh, cold yep summer gets pretty hot and winter gets pretty cold summer down here in pueblo is like 110 ish 
And then like winters are around like negative five, negative 10. Yeah. Uh, so pretty extreme. For sure. Um, remind me, where are you originally from? Um, I'm actually from Pueblo, Colorado. Okay. So you, oh, okay. So you'd be moving away from home. Yeah. Yeah. I actually moved up to Denver for a little bit. I was up there for about three years. Loved it up in Denver. Denver was fantastic. Then we moved back down to Pueblo when COVID happened. We have a little baby, as you mentioned, or as you remember. So uh, we, we wanted to be around family a little bit more and, and the girlfriend needed some help with the baby. So we moved back down to Pueblo. Yeah, man. Very cool. Well, um, whenever you do move, I, I wish you the best of luck, but um, I know you're, you're crushing it. How right now it sounds like you're transitioning where your business is focused back on Colorado. Cause I know you've, you've been traveling, right? What, what markets have you, have you hit in the last year or so? Cause I know you've been around. Yeah. So um, just me personally, I've been in 20 different markets and uh, we were in Las Vegas most recently and the team's actually out in Florida right now. And, and so they're, uh, excuse me, I choked on my spit there. Uh, they're out in Florida. And so um, me personally, I'm just focusing on Colorado for myself and growing a sales team out here in Colorado, mostly just uh, kind of getting some lead generation going and trying to get people on the doors during the spring and summer months is, is really what I think we're about to talk about. Uh, building out a canvassing team and getting door knocking going in Colorado, just because utility rates are increasing down in Pueblo, we are around about like 16, 17 cents a kilowatt hour. So pretty expensive down here. Yeah. It's not California expensive, but it's, oh, you know, I hope it's never California, but then again, like right now, if you notice uh, like how fast gas prices are going up, man, it's like those rates can increase pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, that's one of the things I I like to always tell homeowners is the, the utility companies, they, 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 they're never going to decrease their rates. Like they're they're just going to keep going up and up and up and up. And so like waiting to go solar or waiting, saying it's not, not a good time right now, or it's just, it's kind of a silly, it's not, not a real excuse because it doesn't make no. sense. Um, yeah. and especially, yeah, most utility companies right now are definitely raising their rates. Um, so the main topic I want to talk to you about is door knocking and obviously canvassing. Cause I know that's your kind of forte. And I get a lot of questions on that, that I, can't necessarily answer to people because I'm a a nerd behind a computer and uh, I I pay money so I don't have to do or don't have to do that kind of stuff. But uh, regardless, I I think it's one of the most skills. And I think it's for anyone who's starting out in the industry, the number one thing that they can learn how to do successfully if they wanted to grow their own business. Um, So I want to know what is it that you, I mean, we talked about last time what it is that you look for when you're hiring somebody. Um, But my question for you is, what is the best and worst thing about building a team and what have you learned that might be able to help somebody else? Uh, the best thing is seeing people have success. There's so many different success stories that I can think about where people come out basically crying, you know, letting you know that you basically changed their life. And, uh, that, that's something that is definitely the best thing you could ever get from helping somebody that doesn't really know anything. A lot of people that happen to knock doors, unfortunately, they, they come from a place where they're just not super educated as far as like a, tradi- a traditional education. You know, some of the guys, they, ha- they don't even have a GED. And so they, they step into the door knocking world and they want to learn something because they know they can make quite a bit of money if they just, you know, hustle a little bit. And then once they learn the skill of door knocking, then they're able to see that they can actually provide for their family. And then you change their life. You know, there's so many people in the door knocking industry that have had their life literally rags to riches changed. And uh, that's, that's the best thing. You know, it's not about the money, but it's realistically about giving them the ability to take care of their family. And so that's, that's one of the best things about canvassing. The worst thing is trying to get somebody to get across that threshold from green pea to actually being self-sufficient. 
that that's the hardest thing is because they kind of get um I wanted to say wings, but it's not, that's not the terminology I wanted to use. They kind of get this like shackle to you where it's like, you need to check in with them. You need to hold them accountable. You need to set expectations. You need to help them with their goal setting. So trying to navigate yourself into more of a mentor standpoint, as opposed to just like being out there all the time with them, that's a, it's a fine line to cross, you know, you, it's separating somebody from, Hey man, you're on your own. Now you can fly the ship yourself. And they're still like, I don't know how to do this. Like, yes, you do. You know how to do this. You can do this. And they're like, I still don't know how to do this. The door weighs a thousand pounds. I can't get out of the car. That's, that's the worst part. Yeah. It's, um, it's people, there are some people out there that have kind of more of an entrepreneurial like spirit where they go into it and they're just like ready to absolutely fall flat on their face and fail repeatedly. And there's some people that want to avoid, uh, failure as much as possible. And obviously people with the growth mindset understand that failure is very important for us to grow. Um, and I could see how even someone who is fully capable, uh, is nervous to, to go out on their own. So with someone in that circumstance, how do you typically, what have you found? Like, how do you handle that person? How do you help them to make that leap and grow their wings as you kind of alluded to? Yeah, that's a better way to put it. So, um, the best way is to just keep instilling confidence, keep having conversations with them and letting them know that they're capable, letting people know that they're good at their job, you know, just being able to reassure them that they know how to do their job and, and giving them, you know, um, I guess gifts or some, some kind of incentive, uh, like a trip or something meaningful that, that you can attach to them actually doing well at door knocking. And so that's, that's something that we've seen is incentives like, you know, swag is a big one. You see swag all the time. If you happen to reward somebody with swag, now they're a part of a brand and it kind of becomes that, like that, that cult mentality almost, right. Where they want to be a part of this. They're like in the brotherhood now, like they're, this is on their chest. Like I got to represent it now. Right. And so that's part of it. But honestly, like even something as small as AirPods, you know, you buy somebody some AirPods and they're, they love you forever because they're branded, right? I've heard that happen many, many times um, or taking them out to dinner just between you and them, you know, taking them out to a nice steak dinner and, and they don't have to pay for it. People really appreciate those kind of things. And that helps them keep going at their job where they're like, damn, that steak was pretty good. You know, I remember back when we had a canvassing team of 20 guys uh, back in 2019 before COVID had happened, uh, we took them out to Shanahan's and they couldn't stop talking about crab cakes. You know, it was $20 crab cakes or whatever it was, <laughs> but we got a ton of production out of it, you know, and all we had to do is just feed them some crab cakes one time and all of a sudden they're set on fire. You know, sometimes it's all it takes. Yeah, man. Crab cakes for the win. That's, that's awesome. That's a super, um, great example. It's one of the things I, I read this book called giftology and it talks about the power of gifts, but how you have to choose your gifts very carefully. And what you would rather do is it doesn't necessarily have to be the most expensive thing, but if you're giving them something, you want it to be a very high quality, something that's memorable, something that kind of, uh, would, uh, stand out. And like one of the examples I like to give is actually a gift that was given to me when I was a, a personal trainer at a gym. And I remember a client gave me a, a Lululemon like workout shirt. And like, I mean, I was a personal trainer. I was doing okay, I guess, but buying a $90 t-shirt wasn't something that I never knew normally did. Right. But he bought it for me and I was like, it was the best gift ever. Cause I still remember it. Obviously I still talk about it and other people would look at that $90 and be like, Oh, why wouldn't you get him a new pair of 
headphones or uh, a new new heads like you know i don't know there's other examples out there that i can't think of or a pair of shoes or anything but because he rather used the money to get something that's kind of like at the high end of the range it had a much bigger impact and that's something very important i love that you did that or you talked about that because super important that we're able to put that carrot in front of our reps to hopefully encourage them um, to be successful because that's the the ultimate reward uh, response that's going to get them to hopefully be successful and productive. Um, so you mentioned something that I want to talk on where we, and this is going to, you mentioned a cult like, and that's a good uh, transition to uh, some companies in the solar industry are, uh, are, I don't want to say they're cult like, but some of there, there's a lot of differences in the way that a lot of companies handle themselves and how their reps handle themselves. So my question to you is how important do you think it is to find the, the right company or the right installation company to work with? Uh, the most important, like, Hands down, there couldn't be anything more important. And anybody that hops on to the solar groups that we're on on Facebook, uh, I reach out to every single person that says, hey, guys, I'm new. I'm looking to join the solar industry and I want to link up with the team. And it's like message, 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 message. You know, like it just gets blown up and we all know what's going to happen, right? The power reps are going to come out and recruit. The, the X is going to come out and recruit. The y, y is going to come out and recruit, whatever, right? And so uh, the, the one most important thing I say is, number one, reach out to me. Let's have a conversation. Let me give you some guidance, not necessarily me recruit you. Let me just let you know what I've been through and you can avoid those things. Like it's the wild west out here, man. Everybody wants to be the Jesse James. Not many people want to be the sheriff, right? We talked about this before. And so um, the number one most important thing is finding the correct company that's going to be able to give you the training, the guidance, the mentorship. They actually want to be there for you. Understand where you're at. Be humble enough and, and have the ability to look at yourself and say, hey, where's my skill set? What am I good at? Am I good at recruiting? Am I good at door knocking? Am I good at lead generation? Am I good at marketing, talking, training, sales, selling, whatever, right? Look, what, what's your best skill set? And then go to the company where they're able to help polish your worst skill set. Like you're already good at sales. So why are you going to go to somebody to get better at sales, right? You're still going to suck on lead gen. I think lead gen is probably the second most important part of this whole thing, but finding the most important company that you can work with. And then also having the best reputable installer. I don't want to say best, but having somebody that's actually wanting to get better. Right. So last time we talked, I wasn't a fan of Titan. I think Dave's made strides with Titan to make sure that they're not only improving, but they're growing and they're getting better and their install times are catching up faster and they're getting better product. And they're just overall growing as a company. And you can really tell that they're putting a lot of money behind their, their team. Right. And so that's something that I tip my hat to those guys because I, I didn't necessarily hear good things initially, right? 90, 120, 150 day installs. The, they're not pulling permits or whatever the rumors are but then they grow past that and they're still able to keep their, their company going. I think that's really important to look at when you're, when you want to make sure that your clients are getting installed, you know, you have, you have your friends and family out there getting solar. And if they happen to go 120, 150, 180, 200, 210, right. You're like, dude, are we ever going to get solar? And you're like, I have no idea. I can't contact the installer. My project manager got fired. I don't know what's going on. Right. And they're like, so we can just cancel like what's up right and i think companies like that unfortunately aren't going to be around for much longer yeah no i 100 percent agree with that so one thing i do want to uh, actually disagree with though is one of the things that you said was about understanding your strengths and then going somewhere that's going to improve your weaknesses um, i guess i don't really disagree i, I maybe i disagree with improve I, because I, I think 
a lot of times if you're the best sales rep in your company or the best sales rep in your region, you want to go and work for somebody that's going to help you become the absolute, even a better salesperson, go get mentorship from some, one of the 5% of people who are actually better than you. Um, because I think it, it reminds me of the, would you, would I rather be a mediocre lead gen person and a, a mediocre marketing person and a mediocre salesperson, or would I rather be the best salesperson who's working with the best marketing person? And so I think finding those partnerships that people that can help you with your weaknesses, not necessarily um, working on improving that, because I don't think sales reps really need to know how to use marketing. Because I think uh, I think true marketing is takes a lot more work than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, and I also think that being an excellent and a true and great salesperson is a lot more difficult than people want to give it credit for. Um, and I think we want to definitely have that kind of self-reflection to understand what we're strong at, what we're weak at. And we want to find those partnerships that can obviously help that. Um, and then when you're looking for a company, if you're someone who's new to the industry, yeah, you need to work for a company that's going to provide you with real legitimate hands-on training. Um, because if you're not getting that, um, then there's people that me and Joe talked about this. There's people that comment on my videos like, oh, we're not getting training at my job, but thanks for the video. It helps. And it's like, oh man, if you're watching these interviews for, for training, then I mean, best of luck to you, but you, you need more guidance from someone that's there with you in the, in the dirt every single day, in the mud, that person that's going, helping you after every single door, that's pushing you towards that next sale. That's letting you shadow them because they're a real master of their craft. And I think that's something that a lot of the companies maybe don't provide as much of because they're just looking at it as a numbers game. Like we can hire 10 people, one of them will stick and then we'll just hire the next 10 people. Um, one of the other things I want to talk to you about is, uh, we're talking about these companies and one of the most polarizing company, the most polarizing company in the solar space is, uh, power. Um, and you either love it or you hate it. And before we get into it, I want to clarify, like we're not, I'm not using this conversation to promote power. I disclaimer, I am a member of power. Um, I, I see that there's a lot of positive negatives. I'm not opening the conversation because I want you to bash power. I just want to have a conversation about what your experience was like, what my experience is like, and try to give, um, uh, some like have a reasonable conversation. Cause I think there's way too much, uh, uh, in the solar groups that we mentioned, there's way too much just un like, hate and there's also way too much just shameless promotion there, there we have to kind of have a conversation about what's good and what's bad about it so you were a member of power uh what was your experience like and uh just give us a little feedback about that yeah so um i was on the power platform but i wasn't necessarily with power and so i haven't actually put a single deal through them i've recruited sorry i recruited and coached quite a few people that happen to be with power and uh, their experience wasn't very good uh, I know a lot oh, of people explain that, that to do me. When you say their experience wasn't very good. Uh, what was wrong with their experience? So a multitude of things, but uh, I think power is a fantastic platform. I think that it's helped out quite a few people. I think that it's put a ton of food on people's tables so they could provide for their family. And that, and the most important is mo the most important thing to me is that they're able to, uh, they are able to generate money for their family and, and sell solar. Now, with that being said, the, the downside from the other people that I've heard that have had a negative, negative experience is exactly what you're talking about is lack of training. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do that it's a, it's a platform, right? So it's not a company that you work for. It's not like going to Best Buy and they're gonna give you training. It's a platform. And so they give you the tools necessary to be excellent, 
but a lot of people expect you to have like an actual mentor, like somebody that is actually going to go out there with you. Some people have it. Some people don't. Right. Um, either you have a mentor that's in the field with you, or you have one that's virtual that just happened to recruit you. And so I, I think that is one of the negatives about power is that anybody can really call themselves a mentor and it doesn't take too much to really build a team on the platform. Uh, as long as you recruit and people can go sell solar to their family and friends, you're going to get some deals. You're going to make money. The negative side of it is that there's not a lot of checks and balances when it comes to the mentors managing the projects because they're not allowed to. Right. And so there's specific project managers that handle the projects for the reps. And that sometimes gets a little dicey. So there's a couple, you know, things that could happen with your client that you may not be aware of. And to go try to figure that out, there's going to be a lot more checks and balances that you're going to have to take on personally, which you should anyway. Um, but there's just a lot to it. You know, you need to actually already probably be a solar sales rep before you join their platform, just to be able to have some success and know that everything's getting done correctly. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything that you said. Um, and I think one of the things, so I, I, as I said, I'm a member of Power. I actually don't, I, I was, I've never, I thought I was never going to be in a multi-level marketing company. Anyone who says, oh, Power is not multi-level marketing. Well, yes, it is. Um, but when I looked at the model, like it's, it's a really, really great setup and structure. Like it makes a lot of sense if everything is fine tuned and working properly. And then, but when you actually get into how things work in reality, when you're onboarding as many reps as they are, and you don't necessarily have like that training that you talked about hands-on, um, there is a lot of, um, bridges that they need to cross before they're like, before they become, uh, the best company in solar or whatever. I, I know they say they're the fastest growing company in solar, um, whatever it is that they say, but yeah, for sure. The, uh, operation side is, is rough. It's not, it's not as, um, not, not being able to have that hands-on, um, project management that you get with other companies is very, um, I mean, in a way for a solar pro, it's almost scary because you know how many little things that can go wrong and how a lack of communication can break a deal. You can lose a deal just because someone didn't tell someone else that this was supposed to happen two weeks ago and now the deal's lost. And that the more people that you get in that process, the more likely that's going to be to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely an, an, interesting, an interesting platform. And I, I think one of the biggest red flags I tell anyone is, especially when you're looking at any type of multi-level marketing companies. I'm not a fan of um, com people in companies that spend more time recruiting than they spend selling. And so that's kind of my whole thought process is with it. I was like, yeah, I use the platform. I'm on there. But I am not necessarily looking to build the biggest team. I'd rather have uh, a team of people that I know that I trust that I can really work with and provide to and give them the resources they need so that they can be successful. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I think it's... I think it gets a, a really bad rap in the groups and there's a lot of uh, truth behind the reasons that they were. It's funny. You're actually, the only reason I'm having this conversation with you is because I was supposed to have this conversation with Andrew Weiss. And as I was telling you right before we went on is uh, it's hard to have a conversation with that guy because he's either posting memes or driving like 24. I know. No, he has dinner too. He takes pictures of his dinners. So he takes pictures of his dinners. He's, making and posting memes and he's driving like 24 seven that guy is and still running his company somehow. Um, but because you're on here, I wanted to talk to you about that, get your experience. So, so thank you for sharing. Cause I think there is a lot of good. Um, but I also think there's a lot of bad, um, especially when you start targeting and marketing to those, 
potential reps that don't have experience in the industry. And if you have someone that doesn't have experience in the industry and they're going into this, you better provide them with a lot of mentoring, a lot of training, and otherwise it's, it's not going to be good for them or for the customers. Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, you know, just as well as I do is that Go Solo has its issues, right? So, I mean, if you're just generating- Oh, you don't say? Weren't they down for like, what, four days, three days last week? Um, yeah, but I mean, dude, when, you, when you're the fastest growing company and you have everybody hanging and banging proposals through Go Solo and you're just like praying for something to get sold, you know what I mean? It's going to get bogged down. Like yeah. Go Solo can't keep up with it, but- that's, that's another thing is that you're in a wild, wild west industry. Everything's brand new. You got to break it to fix it. Right. And so I don't want to talk bad about uh, power. Like most of the memes that you see are actually made of meat, you know? And so that's, that's kind of my, uh, that's my great Gatsby. Right. So that's, what's funny about it is that a lot of people, they see those memes and they get so offended by it, but it's number one comedy and number two, they're true. You know, like I created a whole entire Instagram about door knocking and created memes off of it. I've kind of let it die a little bit, but you know, originally that that was what it was for is like people who understand our industry. Number one, they understand the comedy behind like what it is. Right. And you know, just as well as I do is that power is no better than any other solar company and any other solar company, is not better than power. Like yeah. everybody has their shit. Everybody has their issues. 80, everybody has their problem. 80% of the problems that people get on power for are throughout here oh, and there with every single company is the only oh. issue the only reason that power gets so much attention is probably because power is the loudest in the space and because yeah, power, well, power is the loudest because of their model or whatever the recruiting and the multi-level they're also right. huge you know they they have probably like 70 percent of solar experts like they have 70 percent of the people that actually sell solar i'd imagine i don't know what the statistic is i don't know what the number is but i bet it's pretty high i i, I bet so too and uh yeah. i i also think that people I think power is here to stay. And I think if you're not, if you think power is going to fade into darkness, I, I think you're, you're in for a rude awakening, but that doesn't mean that power is going to be the, the number one company, or it doesn't mean that the other, all the, the traditional is going to, I think there's, I think competition is always good. So, um, that's enough. Yeah. I, I don't, I think Jonathan, Budd he put himself in a position where it's not just a broker model. It's not just a platform, but it's also a sales organization. So if they need to transverse with one installer directly, I think they'd be able to do that and they'd probably get paid handsomely to do so. They'd get bought out just like Vivid Sunrun. Yeah. And that's, um, from an entrepreneurial perspective, that's probably the end goal. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah he I wants was... to, he wants to cash his check and get out, man. If they pay him 500 million and say, go away, he will. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone paid you imagine saying no to getting paid. Like if someone, if you were working your ass off for five, 10 years, imagine someone coming up to you and saying, I'll give you $500 million. You can just go away. Yeah. You just have to stop working and imagine getting that offer and saying, nah, you know, I'm good. That's a, uh, that's um some that's some serious uh, purpose and mission that you must have or vision or like future goals and uh discipline to not just say yes and grab your bag and go home which i know that's kind of both of us we, we kind of have uh some end goals of getting our bag one day and uh maybe quitting the rat race but um yeah i mean it's just it's an interesting I just, it's weird that i feel like the division between it has become a so real recently and what's funny is it it did come from memes and memes are funny they're jokes and we all should be able to poke fun at ourselves our company or any other company in the space and not take it too seriously well they're um, gonna welcome it right like any any other thing in life is that there's good and bad and both of those things create a lot of fire behind the brand so if you happen to be talking positive about it if you have to be talking negative about it whatever the case may be you're gonna have the people where if you're talking bad about it they're gonna go build it better 
If yeah. you have people that are talking good about it, they're going to leave. They're going to go find out that it's not as good on the other side of the fence as they thought it was going to be, because now you're still not getting training. You're still not getting the tools. You're still not getting anything. So congratulations. It's the same thing. You're just not part of a bigger brand. Right. And so that that falls a lot on the person. So back to what I was talking about within the power platform is it's a lot of responsibility on the individual. You have to go out of your way to train yourself. You have to go out of your way to make sure that you're on those Zoom meetings. You have to make sure that you're going out of your way to talk to people outside of your mentorship. You have to make sure that you're going out of your way to learn how to build your skill set within the industry. And that's what I mean by don't join a company where you're already great. Like if you're going into sales, Go find somebody and have them teach you how to be a lead gen specialist, because then you're going to be able to cut costs and generate your own leads. That way you don't have to go pay a $3,000 retainer and pay a bunch of ad, ad spend through somebody else when you can do it cheaper yourself. So that's, that's kind of what I mean by like, try to find other people that are going to be able to sharpen your spear on the sides that you're not sharp. So if it happens to be on training or if it happens to be on recruiting, go do that. That way you can be an all around expert. That way, when you show up as a salesperson, you know everything. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm a marketer. I'm here to earn your business, go barbecue some brats with you and drink some beers. If that sounds great, we can make that happen. And it's going to save you a ton of cash. I'm not here to sell you solar though. I love that. Right. Man. So that's, yeah, that's marketers, you know, marketers and those retainers, marketers are the worst. I tell you, I tell this all the time, man, we're, we're uh, lead gen guys are, they're so annoying. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, but even then, are you a good recruiter? You know what I mean? Can you yeah. go out there and actually show people like, hey, man, come join our company. And they're like, why? Show me your check. And they're like, well, I haven't got paid yet, but I promise you it's going to be a good thing. And they're like, so like. Remember, everyone them? only cares about what's in it for me, right? So right. If you're talking to them and you're telling about how your company is so great uh, and you're talking about why they joined your team and like, I'm the best at this, this, and this, then you're not, you're having the wrong approach to begin with. Um, and kind of going back to what you also said is especially, especially for joining a platform like power, you got to think about the person that you're, whoever your mentor is, whoever your, whoever team you're joining. Cause that's a very important choice that a lot of people who join that platform maybe don't necessarily think about. They're just like, Oh, I, you know, so-and-so wanted me on their team. I'm going to join their team. Okay. Are they someone that is able to provide you training? Are they someone that has that experience? Or are they just someone who messaged you a link and they started talking to you? Um, because especially with that, like you're, you're the person you choose as your mentor is, is super important. Um, yeah. I want to go back to your traveling, your, uh, canvassing all that type of things. Like you said, I think you've traveled to 20 different States. Um, and now you've kind of settled back into home and being in your, your market and kind of, you're going to blow things up there. I want to know what was your favorite and your least favorite thing about traveling to all those different markets? So I've, I've basically been to almost nearly every state. I, I used to own my own business in property inspections. And so I used to have to travel around for that. And so that's kind of a better story than what we're currently doing with the solar industry. We're operating in 20 different markets, but I wasn't traveling to 20 different markets. We were in probably about four or five. And so uh, the market that I love the most is always Vegas. You know, it's kind of my home away from home. I grew up there for a little bit down in Summerlin, um, more so technically Henderson, but I lived in Summerlin partly. Uh, but Henderson is where I grew up, kind of more in the ghetto. And so I, I love going back there. I love being in the uh, Las Vegas area during COVID. It kind of sucks, um, but it's, it's shaping up. Obviously, everything's starting to open up again. Uh, Florida would have been a lot of fun, but didn't go out to Florida. We're probably going to end up going out to Florida by like August. So I'm going to go check that out and eat some mangoes, chill with some of the guys over there at uh, Spectrum Solar Solutions with Herschel Hudson. I know he's not with them, but Carlos Vargas and then Herschel as well. So yeah, I'm two separate I, people. I'm familiar with both of them. That's, that's cool, man. So it sounds, but I, I kind of get the feeling that you're the type of guy who actually kind of enjoy being on the road as far as 
traveling and going to a new market and crushing it for a week. I know some people being away from home for that long would uh, kind of start to wear on them, but it's, it seems like maybe uh, you're the type of person. What, so what, what do you love so much about Vegas other than it's your home away from home? Everything. I love that they have fantastic food. I, I really enjoy the shows. The shows weren't open this last time, but I enjoy going to the shows. I really like Cirque du Soleil and uh, just kind of walking around, man, and just seeing the crazy people. Like a lot of people yeah. watching is kind of a fun fun hobby of mine i'm kind of a psychoanalyst when it comes to people so i like to break people down but i'm like man what happened to that guy at like eight years old you know what i mean like he's wearing a tutu with a flamingo like thing and then like has like on a darth vader mask or a darth vader mask like what's going on here but uh so there you go that, that's that's my challenge for you is i want you to go knock a door with a darth vader mask and a tutu on and i want you to sell this solar deal that's we it. were supposed to do that. What we were going to sell. We were gonna Last sell time we said uh, we were going to have you sell like something. I forgot what it was. What was something that you that would be very tough to sell door to door? I think it was a mattress, wasn't it? Maybe it might have been a mattress. Actually, now I think about it. That's not that. That's not one of the harder. That, I feel like that's would be an easier one. Um, I feel like selling the what is the funny doorman uh, door knocker? Can't remember his name. Kenny Kenny Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. He, he sells the cleaning solution or whatever. I feel yeah. like that'd be hard as hell to sell, man. That guy, Can hey, you man, imagine he, if you weren't Kenny Brooks trying to sell that? His ass off. That guy, oh, I've seen those videos. It's like, it's like, like we watch the videos because it's like a show, you know? Like that's, it's, it's so much fun to even watch and partake. It's like, of course, the person's probably going right. to buy that. Um, they probably do anything at that point. Um, but it's, it's interesting. So I'm actually, one of the, I'm not very surprised that you said Vegas though, because I was going to tell you this is I was playing um, in the Solar Pros poker game last Saturday and uh joe uh joe was hosting it solar joe uh if anyone wants just comment down below i can we'll get you an invite or whatever but we were in the solar game and i don't remember who said it but i remember someone started talking about you and they're like oh yeah donnie they're like yeah he's he's the solar frat boy and i was like what i was like solar frat and then i thought about it. i was like you know that kind of makes a lot of sense uh, and now you know with vegas i'm picturing you in the not gonna lie while you're watching the guy you're sitting there in your own mask and tutu and you're just loving life but uh ha yeah. have you ever heard that before i didn't know if that was like an official nickname or anything no man i i'm not the college type so i don't know why i'd be a frat boy but uh that, that's more of the apricot guys yeah <laughs> apricot. i mean that that fits too um but i i think that's actually the reason that someone called you that and once again i don't remember who it was but uh same reason someone called you that is actually why you're such a fun guy to interview and talk to is because you're kind of just fun and loud and you're to the point but at the same time you're you're a good dude who's just entertaining for the most part um and yeah you're welcome and my question for you is regarding that were you ever have you always been extroverted were you ever introverted and say you're someone who is uh in the solar industry but they they have a hard time kind of being themselves and getting vocal and kind of being loud not not loud that's not the right word but um, being a fun personality and it's preventing them from kind of growing as a salesperson. Do you have any advice for someone in that position? Yeah, I would say, uh, don't think about it too much. I think a lot of people happen to get into sales. They think too much, you know, just do your job. It's kind of go back to the Patriots mantra with Bill Belichick is just do your job. Like you're not going to go out there and try to be the quarterback if you're a wide receiver. So like, just do your job. I don't understand why you're worried about somebody throwing the ball. You're not a ball thrower, you know? And that's, that's the main thing a lot of people need to focus on is you need to learn solar and then go sell solar. Like, don't, don't overthink it. You don't need to be extroverted and have to be a Kenny Brooks. That's not necessary. Your, your job is to go out there and show people that it's a good deal and it's going to make sense. And they're going to save some cash probably, unless you're selling at $6 a watt, like Rocky, no hate, but 
uh, if you happen to be doing that, then they're not going to save money, right? So you have to go in there and you have to be that that Kenny Brooks if you happen to want to try to get an emotion out of them, right? You're selling on an emotional response as opposed to a savings, then you need to be that person. So if you want to go that route, then you need to find a mentor that's able to help you do that. Uh, for me personally, I would say I'm more amberverted. Like I am an extrovert at times, but I'm also mostly an introvert. I'd rather be by myself. I don't have a ton of friends. I just kind of hang out with me and my chick and my daughter. I don't really like to go anywhere. And when I go somewhere, I'm like, I kind of wish I was home. You know what I mean? And so it's funny that you mentioned that I like to travel because I do like to travel, but I do like to be home. Like I like to just be home chilling, like just, you know, kind of journal in the way, playing some games or whatever. And I don't really have to answer to anybody. That's honestly kind of a pastime that I miss the most of being about like, you know, 18, 19 years old is that you don't really get to do that once you start having a family and a business and you start having responsibilities, you don't get to just dial back. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that um, people don't realize when you're 18 to 22, 23, if you're in college or maybe you're working, but you're just not like how relaxed your life is and how those little things are, are things that you're not going to be able to have once you you know, move into the real world. And I think that's the biggest thing that I never really grasped or understood. I didn't realize how, how good it was. And I remember when I left college and I got my first like job, like that transition was like awful. I was like, where are all my friends at? Like, I don't, no one's playing beer pong tonight. What, like, what, what, what I, I just go to work and go home. This stinks. And, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely interesting for sure. So have you always been, uh, have you worked on your like public speaking at all? Have you always been a, a good, like good with conversations? What about that? I'm assuming that's something that you've developed as you become a, a better salesperson. Yep. Yeah. So I actually got a, a decent hand when I was a kid, my mom took me out door knocking selling world famous chocolate bars. So I don't know if I've ever told you that before. Have I ever told you that? No, I know. I love oh, it no? though. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, oh, mom, I apologize. Let me cut yeah. off about the other week I was at Walmart or no Walmart, uh, a grocery store somewhere. And, uh, there was girl scouts that were selling cookies outside and they were selling outside the store, except all the moms were at the table selling and all the girls were like sitting down on their phones. And I was like, Oh, I was like, that defeats the whole purpose. I got really mad. Like, and my, uh, my mother-in-law was with me and she's like, Oh yeah, well, I'm going to buy cookies. I'm like, no, don't buy Don't support that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that just, don't uh, support that. I, like, cause I, I was in boy scouts and I remember I door knocked and I don't even remember what we sold, like popcorn or like candy popcorn. I don't remember what we sold with boy scouts, but anyways, I think that's a, an amazing skill for any kid to, to do because when you're a kid, you, it doesn't seem as big of a deal or it's not, you don't right. really care as much about what other people think, but go ahead and continue. No, I was, uh, I think that that's 100% on point, man. If you happen to be a Mormon and you're doing a mission and you're knocking doors in the name of Jesus, like that is nuts in my opinion you know you're not really getting anything out of it but you have to be out there you have to go do your job you have to wear your uniform you have to dress up and you have to go out there you know there's a lot of have to's i know we're supposed to be talking about abundance and gratitude and i get to but uh you know that's that's a challenge man i had some buddies that i went to school with that were mormon and they went out and had their mission in vegas and they were knocking some pretty enough neighborhoods you know so kudos to them, man. It's, it's a lot different than selling solar, but anyway, uh, yeah, but I, then, I grew up. My... But then when they transitioned to solar, solar is like the easiest thing ever. And that's, that's why solar took off here in Utah. Utah is not like the other markets like California and New Jersey, like all these places where electric costs were solar was a no brainer. Um, right. but what happened was all these people were like super good at door knocking. They're like, Hey, this is a great place to, to sell some solar. And, yep. uh, yeah, 
that and they're super well connected. You know, if you're Mormon, you your networking is nuts. Like they are well connected, man. But anyway, so when I was a kid, uh, my mom took me out selling world famous chocolate bars because my school was having a fundraiser. So they were doing like the the cash prizes or whatever. You know, you have like you can win a yo-yo if you sell five bars kind of thing. And uh, I ended up placing the highest that you could possibly place within the entire um, spot. Like, um, what is it called? The, like the entire thing, the uh, fundraiser. So I, I placed the highest you could possibly place within the entire fundraiser nationally four years straight in fourth grade, fifth grade, or third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade. And so they were they were kind of doing it between those time frames, and they switched over to those uh, Christmas packages. Like you remember the little booklets for the Christmas ornaments and and like uh, caramel popcorn and all that stuff. Yeah, I remember. They switched over to that, and that was hard as hell. Uh, world famous chocolates are way easier, but the Christmas stuff was pretty difficult because it was a lot pricier, right? I didn't understand how to not sell out of my pocket at the time. Um, but then eventually I ended up getting into magic. And so I started doing like kids' birthday parties and school libraries and, you know, stuff like that and just kind of performing there. And so I gained a like stage confidence. And so talking in front of people wasn't really a big deal. And then got into college and took some public speaking classes and pretty much just winged it like I'm doing now and did well. So, you know, I really enjoy talking. Awesome, man. Two things I love about that. Number one was the the magic story. I, I was a little into magic and my brother was more into He was doing uh, lots of card tricks when we were in high school. Um, but I, I think the idea of performing for kids is an awesome idea because once again, it kind of goes back to, it's like a stepping stone, like performing for kids. Kids aren't going to really notice if you're nervous or you screw up something or whatever, but it's it's just kind of a way that you're getting practice in front of some people that is better than practicing in front of a mirror. Um, oh yeah, oh and, dude, I was pra- I was performing in front of adults. Like yeah. that's when it gets a little sketchy because I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know or you had that one guy who's like, oh, I know how you did that one. You're like, sit down. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, he's like, oh, you put it in your pocket, and then you're like, dude, come on. Like I'm literally ten years old. Seriously, come on. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that would be no. But see, what I just thought was like, you know, I gotta find out if you can find those rankings and find those ten year olds and get them. Hey, you want to go knock on this door and ask them if they want solar? <laughs> right. I mean, well, the, the cool thing is gonna be the virtual world, right? So yeah. it's not so much door knocking anymore. It's where they can literally tap into, say, the VR space. We've been thinking about this a lot. Not when I say we, me and my friends that think about crazy shit. Not my business partners. Um, when, when we're talking about like the VR space, you're going to have places like say TikTok, where people are like, Hey, I got solar up on my roof and you can go solar as well, by clicking this link here and then they get a referral fee. Right. And so that is something that a homeowner can technically transition into if they happen to be a TikTok celebrity or whatever, and you don't even know it. Right. I've had so many people that were social media influencers and they had 40, 50,000 people on Instagram. All of a sudden you're getting leads like crazy. Right. And so uh, I think a lot of people aren't thinking of those things. They're still thinking about traditional lead gen tactics like door knocking or flyers or business cards or meetup events. But there's a lot of land, like virtual land in the VR space where you can go in and just plug your business in and then all of a sudden get leads in the future and you didn't even remember that you did it, right? If you just go in there and you set something up on TikTok and it's just a video, somebody comes and watches your video six months later like they did the other day with the Solar Joe video that I was on. I was like, man, I forgot I even did this. I sound like an idiot, right? And so like, there's a couple of those things where somebody goes and watches that video and now they know who you are. They're like, I saw you on the Solar Joe you know, interview. And I'm like, I, I forgot that I did that. That's cool, you know? 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, content is is so important. I think it's probably the the biggest area. I've said this before. It's probably the biggest area of opportunity for solar pros to to kind of. I think it's the most underutilized area of opportunity, which is solar pros aren't really producing content. They're either out right. there hustling or they're paying for the internet internet ads to hustle for them. And they're not really using or leveraging their current customers and what they're currently doing to create content that's going to like last. And that's one of the strangest things that uh, I've ever, I've told people, I tell people this all the time is like these videos, I think my, my YouTube channel is like 650 followers now, which isn't that much, you know, but I get people all the time that like, oh yeah, I watch all your videos. I'm like, really you do? I was like, oh boy. Like, I know I, I, I think my videos are okay, but you don't really think about make the connection that people are actually watching and they're invested. And I've gotten clients from that, that I would never have gotten otherwise. There's people that aren't, exactly. they don't even know that there's solar Facebook groups that come to me like, Hey, I saw your videos on YouTube and I'm a solar guy and so-and-so and or and it's it's really really cool it's such a cool thing um and i think being on the edge and understanding how these platforms act like TikTok is a great example right now yeah it's mostly kids but guess what in five years 15 year olds are going to be 20 and yep. 20 year olds are going to be 25 and it's also going to become more widely accepted and kind of understanding how the platform works and using it if it's super easy i mean making a 15 second video um it's really not that hard and if it gets you one deal then that's that's gold right yeah, I mean, you got to think about people's attention spans also. You know, if you want to go read something, you go to Facebook. You're going to read these long paragraphs from Ryan Stuman that take you 30 minutes to read, right? Or you're going to go... And they're, they're a journey too, by the way. It's they're like, a journey. Yeah. <laughs> he, takes you on a, he takes you on a story for sure. But that's what he's good at, right? Yeah, he knows that, Facebook. That's copywriting, man. That's what good copy does. Yeah, he's a beast at it, man. That's why he drives McLaren's. But when you go over to TikTok, he's not there. Because he's not a, hey, guys, let me grab your attention real quick for 15 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that person. And so uh, that's that's the diversity between the two brains is that you have people that are readers. And then you have people that are listeners. You have people that are watchers. You have people that are just scrollers, right? They're going to stop by, catch it, bang, attention. Now, what do we got going on? Oh, it's a Lamborghini. Let me take a look real quick. He hops out and all of a sudden he's pitching me solar. That might be worth something, even though you think it's an idiot idea. Some kid's going to see that and be like, dude's Lamborghini, solar, making the connection. Oh, wow. They make a lot of money, right? It's it's something there is either he's going to go get solar or he's going to step into the solar industry. Even if it's for a year, you know, at least it's growing the industry. It may grow your business. Yeah. And so that's that it's where my brain goes when I think about the future, right? I get deep into the woods with like NFTs and uh, Decentraland and all these other crazy things that happen to be happening on the black blockchain. Uh, I knew this guy that happened to be one of the developers of the blockchain. And so uh, when I was talking with him several years ago, he was telling me all about the blockchain and how it's going to be this crazy new revolution with security and all these other crazy things. And I'm like, dude, that's not stupid. Like, I don't even understand, like, how are you going to make sure it's secure? Like, people can just hack into that. And so I didn't understand it myself. And this was nine years ago. You know what I mean? And now I look back on it and I'm like, holy shit, I was in that room. Like, <laughs> I was I was in that room, man. Like, I was sitting next to the guy, right? And now Freaking Bitcoin is $60,000 and all this other crazy stuff. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. What was the price when you were in that room? Three grand. Okay. That's not, that's not as bad as I was thinking. I, uh, still expensive. I, you know, I, what is that? I said it was still expensive for the average. Yeah, no, I, so I, my Bitcoin, I remember I, I first got in when it was like 5,000. So like summer, I think before it went on that crazy run or whatever, back in 17 yep. or 18. And I remember at one point I had two Bitcoins and I was like on the moon. And then 
I just decided like once it started coming down, I thought 20,000 was the peak and I, I thought it would go back up, but I never paid attention to it again. And then now I look back and I'm like, oh, my two Bitcoins, I just, oh man, I, I sold it. I sold it for when it was like worth 20,000, but it, now it's worth 120. That's lovely to think about. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. not as bad as there's guys I, I personally know that like, oh yeah, I had a, I had nine Bitcoins somewhere in a wallet that now I can't get into. I don't remember the password or whatever. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's rough. And there's people that have a lot more than that locked away. Oh, yeah. I know a guy that ended up getting a Lamborghini with Bitcoin back when it first went up to like $20,000 Bitcoin or something crazy, I think it was. And he went and traded Bitcoin for a Lamborghini. And now that Lamborghini's worthless, obviously. And the Bitcoin would have been worth millions. Mm -hmm. you know. And so you look back on that. I mean, dude, if you look at the halvings, right? We're kind of getting a bit Bitcoin talk now. But if you look at when Bitcoin gets halved, it skyrockets in value. So they're saying that it will get to on the trajectory, it will get to a million dollars a point. Yeah, I, so, I I do believe eventually it will. I think now what we're seeing is um, uh, wide enterprise level investments and widely when Tesla's putting one point five billion dollars, like that's companies like that weren't they wouldn't even like acknowledge Bitcoin three years ago when it was going through its first boom. It was more consumer focused, and now financial people and maybe larger companies are taking it seriously and it's it's pretty cool it's such an interesting uh concept and, and thing to to be involved with but once again this is off topic from solar but uh it kind of can tell you a lot about how fast things can change um yeah. because well getting back on the topic of solar have you heard of Greencoin? i have not the is a blockchain involved it is blockchain involved. So essentially when somebody gets a solar system on their roof and don't quote me on this ask any uh uh, Kenny about this, uh, basically the way that it works is like it put a solar system on somebody's roof and it hooks up to a, a like a miner and it mines green coin and that essentially wipes out the $100, $150, $200 bill that they have huh. for their solar system, by the way. So it uses the solar system to mine uh, green coin. Interesting. I mean, yeah. that makes sense because that's one of the things I remember I was trying to understand more about it years ago and it was like the mining, it takes a lot of power to mine things. Yep. um and but that's that's super interesting it's such a weird time but that's the beauty of solar industry man is that it is again the wild wild west industry where it's still really rough like there's not a lot of tech development there's not a lot of progress being made there's not a lot of shovels and, and pickaxes coming out right now but there's people that have a lot of ideas and they're making the industry better and they're making sure that panels get better efficiency wise and batteries get better and all these things are going to come into fruition you know, there may be another Titan that pops out of nowhere or another Freedom Forever that pops out of nowhere, you know, and they just happen to have a shit ton of money. And they're like, cool, now I'm an installer and I'm going to come take over the game. And you don't even hear about Tesla and the solar industry anymore because he's not focused on it. So who knows what the future looks like? But I'm excited to be in the industry, We're, man. I'm actually, that, uh, I'm actually kind of ex I'm happy that he's not focused on it because if he was, it would kill uh, it. It would be bad for uh, yeah. marketing and sales guys if Tesla became the, the the solar leader. But obviously, I mean, it's it's funny to think about the pot. Like, there, Elon Musk is a person who he his big his, he's focused on going to Mars and making cool cars that run on electricity and getting them to every single person like the fact that you know he looks at put, putting solar on every single roof in america and he's like yeah you know that's not big enough for me that's Dude, pretty he's uh, flamethrowers it's pretty yeah i mean that's, that's <laughs> i think or like he's he building just, he mad at traffic right? one day and decides to start building uh, digging tunnels um, i know 
I haven't heard a, an update on that actually. I, I want to look into that. I, uh, I thought, apparently they have like actual like serviceable tunnels, but um, I don't know about what, what's going on with it. I, he's I have no idea how you could possibly have a company that's like, oh yeah, we're trying to go to Mars and that not take up every single minute of your time, and then also have the other biggest company, which is Tesla. It's just crazy to me. It's nuts. Um, once again, people think big. That's uh, um, we kind of. So I'm I'm entrepreneurial. You're definitely entrepreneurial. Like even when we're talking about like selling chocolate bars door to door. I remember when I was a kid, I would go down to the park. Me and my friends would go down to the park. We'd collect a big basket of pine cones, and then we would go and knock our neighbors and sell them pine cones for a dollar. And uh, I don't know why they bought pine cones, but I think they did it just to, to pity us. But I didn't care. I was like dollar. Poof! Where's that ice? Where's that ice cream truck at? Well, there you go, truck. kid. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but did you know that we have three for two dollars? <laughs> um, and I think uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurism, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, is something that's like so important for for kids to develop. At least understand that there there's other options out there. And I remember, did you ever have like a moment where you were on? working a job or you were in school or something you're just like i don't i don't want to i don't want to work for somebody else i want to be an entrepreneur every single job i've ever had exactly <laughs> uh, that's that's a hundred percent like i remember my last job i was working in a parks and recreation department and i was doing like uh programming for fitness and stuff because my background was in fitness and i remember i was sitting there i, I, t I always tell people i was like oh yeah like did my job i was like my job's awesome like it's the best job i could ever ask for they're like, oh, so you like it? I'm like, not really. Uh, it's it's all right. Like, I if anything, I, I don't like. It just wasn't the thing, and that's um. I remember when when we moved, I was like, this is it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna become work for myself. I'd rather work 80 hours on my own than work 40 for somebody else. And it's crazy that some people like us, I think, are wired that way, where it's like natural. But there's other people that are wired that way, and they would never even consider it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, dude, I'm the laziest entrepreneur you'll ever meet. Like, I, I want to spend more time with my family and be able to give us, like, time freedom more than anything. And so that was, uh, it's been a weird turn for me because when I was younger, I was really money-driven. I was really about, like, the materialism. I was really about, like, the flashiness and and kind of just buying everybody's attention. And it just, the end, end result of that wasn't what I thought it would be. And I think a lot of younger guys that step into an industry where you can make six figures in, you know, two months, um, they need to understand that first and foremost is that you're going to gain a lot of attention and that attention needs to be micromanaged. It needs to be looked at through a fine, fine, fine tooth comb and, and underneath the microscope because people will get around you and surround themselves with your presence, if you happen to be successful, but if you happen to fall off or if you happen to have some life events, who is still going to be around? I think that was one of my biggest realizations in sales is, uh, you know, you got to pick and choose who you decide to surround yourself with for sure. Yeah. The cliche, uh, you're the combination of the five people that you spend the most time with obviously comes to mind. Um, yeah. and I think the other thing too, is you have to always have the, the big picture in mind. Think, be thinking long-term, and you have to understand that this ride that we're on is a roller coaster. Like it's gonna have ups and it's gonna have downs. And if you that first dip comes and you're like it ruins you, then that you're gonna it's gonna be very very tough. And so you have to be prepared for that, but also like thrive on it. Like I I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the next time that uh, shit hits the fan because it just means that we get to put put in some more work and uh, grind it out because it's gonna make the the end 
uh, all that much more exciting. Um, one, one last thing I want to touch back on is you, you mentioned, you obviously you brought up TikTok, social media, all that kind of stuff. Are you on TikTok? Oh yeah. Yeah. I wasn't at the beginning of coronavirus and then I, I succumbed to the TikToking. It's a, uh, you're not on it right now looking down at your phone, are you? No, I'm like fiddling because I have ADHD. Oh, no, no worries. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to play the last thing. I was just curious. Um, I was on it for like a week. And I remember like I was sitting in bed one night, like at 1130. And I was like swiping and swiping. And I was like, and it was just like kids like doing these stupid pranks and stuff. And I just looked at myself and I was like, these kids are like 16. I was like, why am I watching this? And I like put my phone down and I haven't gone back on TikTok since then. Cause it no, goes- man, there's a lot of valuable information on TikTok. Like there's a lot of people on there now that will teach you about business or real oh, estate sure. or just show you recipes or like whatever. It's just based on your algorithms. Yeah, no, no, I a hundred percent. Uh, I, I, I thought the platform was awesome. It just goes back to that. Uh, like our natural tendency is to be a consumer rather than a producer. Um, yep. and I go, I, when I was in the fitness world, I was, uh, like I built an Instagram where I had like 30,000 followers at one point. And actually I just went back on it and I have like 21,000 followers, but once your account's been quiet for like a, a few weeks, it's like they destroy all your reach and everything like that. Um, right. but it's just, it's such a cool thing to think about because that wasn't something that we had available to us. And especially now with COVID with everything going on, like, yeah, it's not as easy to go out there and meet people, but all you have to do is find a unique and creative way to offer value or information. And just because you do that, you have the ability to, to go viral. You have the ability to get people's eyeballs that you would never have spoken with otherwise. And if you can do that in a very creative way, like you mentioned on TikTok, where if you can have a 15 second pitch and you're able to get people interested or at least understanding more, it's going to be huge for your business. So yeah, man, content is king. Do you do anything about solar on TikTok? No, I don't post videos myself, but, uh, I, I found, well, I guess I do post videos. I had a couple of videos on there for American energy. Um, but I found that people just like having content somewhere is just going to make you have this presence that people think you're doing a lot more than you're actually doing. Right. And so everybody's like, dude, you're crushing it. You're hustling. You're doing this. You're doing that. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm posting like on Facebook and TikTok every now and again. You just happen to be on there all day. Like that's, that's really what it is. Top like, of not, mind, man. It doesn't yeah, top of mind. That's all it, it doesn't is. doesn't even matter what so you post no necessarily. It's just and, about giving them that reminder consistently that like about what you do. And that's, exactly. that goes back to what I was saying about the biggest opportunity for solar pros is, uh, finding ways to just post and remind people. And if you are crushing it, remind them that you're crushing it, that you help people do this and do this because there's hundreds of people that you don't think about, but they see those posts. And if they ever think like, Oh, I wonder what the numbers look like for me, or I'm interested in going, so, Oh, I should message so-and-so in my network. Cause I know that they're a solar guy. Maybe they'll have some, maybe I'll answer my questions. And that's why I think it probably is the, the biggest room for growth for, um, any solar pros. Cause it's something that we see everywhere else, but we don't really see it in the solar industry as much. Uh, we're all kind of like in our groups or we're knocking doors or we're playing with Facebook ads. So, it's, uh, it's- well, I think that's the beauty again of social media is that I'm more of an influencer than I am like a solar expert, honestly, like I sell solar, but I'm not the guy. Like, if you want to talk to the guy, I'll show you the guy, you know, his name's Jake Hess. Like that's the guy. Uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near him. Right. He's taught me a lot of what I know. And if you want to know the next guy, it's Jerome Myers. That dude knows a shit ton of stuff about solar. I'm not the guy. I'll teach you about sales, door knocking. I'll teach you about mindset, influence. I'll teach you about all that other stuff. But realistically, like I'm just a pretty face on social media, man. Like if people want to like come near us and like be a part of the show, you're welcome to. But realistically, that's what I feel like it is nowadays. You know, if you if you don't have 
And I think about this again all the time. If you don't have influence, if you don't have like a social media connection to multiple platforms where people know who you are and they can come find you and watch your content or read your content, you're not going to really have anything in the future. Like you're not going to have meetups as much in the future. There's, it's not really going to happen that much. Like there's going to be a lot more COVID. This isn't it. I promise you. Well, it's, like, there's it's gonna just be about um, a lot of what we're seeing with COVID is like, I, I think that one of the greatest examples is like movie theaters, right? Like movie oh, theaters yeah. are struggling. I'm sure there's hundreds oh, of thousands of movie theaters that have probably gone out of business. Yeah, um, they'll die. They'll be gone. Yeah, And, and so but all, all COVID has really done is it's kind of just accelerated things like those types of business. We already kind of knew that theaters were on their way out in the next few decades. Like we already knew that businesses like, I'm trying to think of the ones that went out of business, but all the businesses that were already kind of struggling are the ones that are going out of business now. And, and all it's really doing is accelerating that. And this whole new world is going to be more virtual. It's going to be more zoom based. It's going to be more social media. Like that's the way that people are interacting now. And that's part, we're going to interact more afterwards than we ever did before. And so it's just kind of a, a interesting world and you don't have to like, I think a lot of things times too, is people think about being an influencer is like, they have to be like perfect, like, no, just do something like you just got to produce some sort of content, have fun with it, try to educate people. And it doesn't have to be like, if you're, you don't have to be the solar guy, but you could post every once in a while that you do solar and then post about your, your dog every other day or whatever. And uh, it's exactly. just about, because that way people like you, they know you a little bit better and they also know what you do. Cause if they don't know what you do, they can't help you. And right. so cool, man. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, man. That's fun. That's kind of the uh, the wake up that I needed from you because I was actually considering doing that uh, the podcast YouTube thing just to do it. You know, like I was thinking about that, and I was like, if I did a video every week or you know two two a week or whatever, right? If I just did that consistently for say five years, by time I'm sixty, how many views am I going to have? Like, how many? What kind of platform could I have if I just kept it up for ten years or five years or whatever? You know, and so I was thinking about that as like. If you happen to be a good speaker, people are going to come watch you speak because there's so many people that are just so painful to watch speak. And you're like, get on with the show, man. Like, get to yeah. the point, you know, <laughs> it's like, get it out. Well, also the thing about like YouTube and video too, is it allows us to provide more value and more details where like, if someone watches a video, I'm assuming someone who watches an entire hour long interview, like with me and you right now, someone who watches this video is going to have more value and they're going to know more about us and they're going to feel closer to us than if they watched a hundred TikToks. So it's a different Absolutely. type of audience. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that is, it's really fascinating. And one of the things that I love too, is the, the actual growth aspect of it. And when you actually look there and you can see like, my thing is I haven't been very consistent. I, I get into this mode where like, I want to film some podcast interviews and I schedule like five podcast interviews in five days. And then I go quiet for three weeks. And, uh, so I haven't been consistent with it in that aspect, but the coolest things to me is like when I go and look at my channel and I haven't looked at it in two weeks and I'm like, Oh wow, look, I'm getting five subscribers a day now. Like I, back yeah. in, even when, back when I started, I was getting one or two a day and like, you can see the, the exponential growth and, uh, it's really, really quite interesting. I like to look at the shows like the Joe Rogan experience, the podcast, right. Or the Pat McAfee show for sports. It's like, these are types of shows that you, anyone can do. Anyone can create, you can start filming and put it on YouTube. Yeah. You have to be good and you have to be funny and all this kind of stuff. But that wasn't an opportunity for people like us or for even people like them. That was an opportunity for them 20 years ago. And now yeah. it is. And that's something that I think too many people still don't really realize is that anyone can do it. Like Gary Vee's always talking about that. Like if you're interested in collecting 
antique, not antique, but 30 year old, uh, hot wheel cars and you have the biggest collection ever. And you wanted to create a YouTube channel and a podcast about that. You could probably do it and build an audience. It would blow up. Really, <laughs> if there's any, if there's an audience out there that you can speak to, that's a few hundred people and you post stuff on the internet, they're going to find you. So it's yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be funny. You don't have to be anything. And that's the beauty of it is that the more genuine you are about the person that you are, the bigger following you're going to have. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's what I found is you could be a Kylie Jenner. You could be those people. You could be, you know, the Kardashians, or you could just be yourself and then just be like, this is who I am. This is what my day looks like. This is what I did today. And people are still going to tune in because they're bored as shit. You I know, mean, and they're it doesn't even have to be that. Like I watch these videos, my, my son, he's two and a half. To almost two and a half and he he loves recycle and trash trucks yep. like that's that's his thing like he gets oh yeah trash day on tuesday he gets up at 5 a.m he's like Dah! which is like dump you know like he's he's yeah. ready to go like every tuesday is christmas morning and <laughs> on youtube there's like these videos of like trash trucks like people have these compilations of trash trucks and recycled trucks on youtube and these videos have like 10 million views Yep. Like, oh my, like, I would have never thought about that, but because somebody realized like, Hey, there's like kids would watch this. Like there's an audience for this. Let's go and film some trash trucks and put it on YouTube. That's, yep. that's pretty incredible to think about. Obviously it's not really talking about like the influencer and like the personal side of it. But the point is, is that if there's an audience, even if it's a small audience or a large audience for what it is that you talk about or what you're interested in, they, they can find you. If you produce content, you just got to be the person that's going to do that. Um, another example would be man i love it dude i love go i love watching youtube with because i find things that i never knew existed like um another thing my son we, re we recently started watching that we like is like hamsters going through mazes and they have these videos of like hamsters crawling through mazes and they do all these like nice. stuff once again things that i never would have thought about on youtube and i look at it in this video has like 20 million views and i'm like oh my gosh that's insane so yeah yeah, I there's think plenty of reasons not to, but if it's something that you're interested, I think you would be great at it, man. I would, I would subscribe to your YouTube channel. So if you create one, let me know. I want to be, uh, I want to be there at the beginning. Cool. Yeah, man, I'll do it. I don't really know like what direction I want to go with it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like me talking to people and doing what we're doing now, but less organized, like not so much about solar and door knocking and the companies we know of and stuff like that. It's more of just like, I enjoy just bullshitting with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I enjoy just kind of kicking it around and just like, what's going on in your brain, man. Tell me, take all of the business stuff out. Like what makes this thing tick? Like, what do you got going on at like one o'clock in the morning? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I like. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what makes my brain tick. I, I probably do if I thought about it, but yeah, my well, that's another thing too, is I, I think it's important not to, uh, to like handcuff yourself, meaning like I, this podcast is obviously about solar. It's for solar professionals, but, um, in the future it is going to transition to more general sales and marketing because there's only so much that we can talk about in the solar industry. Like there, right. there really is, I don't necessarily like, I still would love to be like the marketing guy in solar or whatever it is, but creating content, like even conversations like this fit in because people just like to hear honest and open conversation. So exactly that and, uh, talk to like, I remember you're, you, because you're, you're very growth mindset. You love success. You love, um, like you want to be successful and provide that time freedom, um, for yourself. And I think you just having open and honest conversations with other people that have either achieved that or are striving for that. I mean, I think that could be super valuable. So, um, that, yeah, man, let me know if you ever do do that. I would love to, to subscribe and listen because it's fun. It's, it's definitely, um, time can it's time consuming but it's not like time consuming that it's just more of a 
like an energy thing, like me filming a video and doing this and editing it and all that stuff. It just, it takes, it takes a bit out of me. I don't know what it is, but something about being on like that. Um, it's very similar to how most people feel when they're on the doors and stuff. It's, it, it can be exhausting. So, but you're oh, yeah. obviously you're already a pro at that. So uh, I think it'd be, uh, be, be super cool. Awesome, man. My dogs are going crazy outside. I just heard like tails at my door. Um, well, man, thanks. We, we talked about a lot, a lot of nonsense, a lot of good stuff, a lot of value. Um, if anyone wanted to, to connect with you, they wanted to ask you questions, they wanted to pick your brain, they wanted to uh, talk to you, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably Facebook. You know, just hit me up on Facebook, DM me in my messenger. I'm pretty good at responding to people that aren't even my friends. Uh, that's where my largest following is. So that's where I am mostly trying to create a couple different uh, like ideas on the different platforms. That way it's still synonymous about like what I'm posting on my groups and stuff on Facebook, but it also lingers onto those different platforms so I can be there as well. Like I said, I think being an influencer in the future is going to be, it's going to be an important part of our future. You know, I think that a lot of people are going to tune in just because you happen to be an influencer or uh, a creative as they call it. So yeah. like I said, my brain's been stuck. I don't like either of those words. I don't like influencer. I don't like creative. I don't, you know, I'm just a, words, man. I'm a, you know, I want to, I'm a, I'm a producer. I'm not a consumer. I'm a producer. But, That's what I am. But if you're, if you're a producer, you're the guy behind the camera, right? Like you're not the director, but you're the person putting on the show. And no, 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 no. I mean, like, um, I'm trying to think who's like, uh, you know, all these celebrities like Will Smith, he's the producer of the movie and he's the star of it. You can be both, man. You got to just I mean, uh, so like when it says that, that means that they put money in. So they're the producer. They may well, have I, like an idea here. And I there, was kind of but... joking, Donnie. I, I, I understand oh. that. it wasn't it wasn't really literal. <laughs> My fault. Man. All right. So, everyone, if you want to find Donnie, you can just go to Facebook and type in solar frat bro. And, uh, he'll, uh, he'll be that guy. No, but, guy uh, went to college. That's, that's my new podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, but see, yeah. Will Smith's an influence. I uh, see. I guess I just defeated my point. I was going to say Will Smith's a, an actor and an influencer, but everyone's I think an influencer. It like matters how big your sphere is. Like, if I'm influencing you, I'm influencing you to make a decision. And that decision is either A, you're going to read my content, or B, you're not. And if you read my content and you engage with my content, you're influenced by me to some degree. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. The algorithms don't care. Like, if it's bad, it's honestly going to be better for the algorithm. So that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, man. All, uh, all this goes back to what we were talking about with, uh, like power and stuff is like all press is bad press, right? Like if you, if people are talking about you, at least they're talking about you and it's marketing is, is very, uh, aware of that. And obviously having your own personal brand. I mean, there's people out there, they, these people and a lot of influencers, they know, like they make their bread and butter by being controversial. They want to, they f look specifically for what's going to piss off half the people because they know by doing that it's going to get them more clicks and more follows and more people typing angry comments and, and all that kind of stuff absolutely pro tip you can also use that with your solar ads because if you have a solar ad it's going to make everyone say oh this is a scam it's like at least they're commenting it's going to help your yeah. algorithm it's going to get you points and it's going to hopefully provide you with uh better leads as well yeah, donnie exactly. thank you so much man it's been a pleasure you're an awesome guy I'm excited to see what you're going to grow down there and over there in Colorado and possibly if you move to one of those uh, warmer states, uh, I'm sure you're going to crush it there as well. Thanks again, and uh, we'll do this again sometime. Awesome, man. Look forward to it. Awesome, bud. All right.